In the last few weeks, behind the scenes, there has been a seismic shift in how public health experts want to address SARS-CoV-2. That seismic shift applied logically and rationally could very well make the best of a bad situation. I'll discuss what that bad situation is in a minute. However, here in the United States, I am concerned that it will not be handled rationally and properly, and that it will be used as a perverse justification for ever-increasing vaccine mandates. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with the proposition, what the primary change that's intended by this dialogue that's going on outside the public view right now, the primary change they want to make, which is no more public testing for SARS-CoV-2. In other words, if you have the sniffles or you lose your sense of taste or smell or you have a fever, you won't be able to run down the street and get a free SARS-CoV-2 PCR test. Under the new regime, the only SARS-CoV-2 testing that would be done would be in the clinical setting. If somebody shows up to the hospital and says, I'm in distress, I'm having a problem, I, and accompanied with that, I can't breathe, or I have this dramatic fever, or I've lost my sense of smell and taste, but I'm here in the emergency room, and oh my God, I need help. Okay, in that clinical setting, only then, under this regime change, only then will a SARS-CoV-2 test be conducted. Let's step through the reasons why they want this seismic shift on how SARS-CoV-2 is going to be handled. First, they're saying that the Delta variant is so highly transmissible that no matter what is done, vaccination, no vaccination, whatever measures are taken, sooner or later, every single person on the planet is going to be infected with SARS-CoV-2. The next reason. Having pronounced in their wisdom that every single human being on the planet Earth is going to get infected with SARS-CoV-2 at some point because of the high transmissibility of the Delta variant, they're now saying that herd immunity is completely impossible. The question is, is that factual? And the answer is, we don't know because of the data they're not giving us. But let's look at why a failure to reach herd immunity may be real. Number one, the leaky vaccines. <laughs> These mRNA vaccines are essentially worthless at preventing a vaccinated person from getting infected or transmitting the infection to somebody else. Pretty damn close to worthless. And number two, by far the bigger issue, the mRNA vaccines do not appear to activate the production of memory T cells in the human body in response to the spike protein that your cells create when instructed to do so by the vaccine. The failure of the vaccine to activate the production of memory T cell means a crucial component of how the body protects itself from pathogens is missing in people who've been vaccinated. What the vaccine causes the body to produce in response to the spike protein is neutralizing antibodies. And, and they're good, and they do the job, but they start to fade at about four months, and they've fade progressively through about month six or seven to the point where they are no longer effective and the person doesn't have any more protection. Now, when I say they don't have any more protection, we could be just saying they don't have any more neutralizing antibody protection. But in fact, they have no other protection because what is supposed to be the backup, 
the body's reserve force that comes to the rescue to kick the crap out of the pathogen in case of a subsequent contact is memory T-cells. And they don't exist in people who are vaccinated. In other words, every injection that a vaccinated person gets, it increases again the level of neutralizing antibodies from the waned level. So they go, they go up when they get the first injection, and they go back down. When they get a booster, they go back up. Then they wane again, and then you get another shot, and they go back up. But there's nothing behind that. There's no memory T cells. All of that is temporary. To be clear, those with prior infection immunity do have memory T cells, and so they have absolutely no need for anything Big Pharma is offering. And currently in the United States, that's almost, not quite there, but almost 200 million Americans are in that position. Just a few weeks ago, I did a full presentation on the lack of memory T cells from vaccination, and I'll put the link down in the notes. Is this dramatic impending paradigm shift really because the Delta variant is highly transmissible? Let's start with the fact that the Delta variant is quite highly transmissible. However, in reality, when you have a variant that is far more transmissible, all that happens is the percentage of infections that you would need to achieve within society in order to hit herd immunity, it increases. The only reason that you would never hit herd immunity is if, for instance, a vaccine using a novel vaccine technology that is being used, to quote the FDA, investigationally is the reason that herd immunity will never be reached. The <clears throat> public health experts who are advocating this dramatic paradigm shift are pretty open about the fact that it's the result of leaky vaccines. However, they are 100% silent on the far more fundamental issue that the vaccine does not activate production of memory T cells. They are absolutely committed to the public believing that the vaccine provides the same type of protection as does prior infection immunity. And that's just not true, and the studies bear that out. Let's talk about the disease, COVID-19, that manifests in some people who are infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Does the vaccine reduce the severity of symptoms of COVID-19 up to and including death? Yes, absolutely. The, de the data demands that conclusion. You look at the data, it is inarguable. However, the problem with this is that, as I said before, each injection provides temporary protection. There is no permanent protection from the vaccine. In other words, as long as the virus is present, roughly every six months, people who've been vaccinated need another jab. And since viruses never really quite go away, conceivably, this should, could be a six-month jab for the rest of the lives of the people who are vaccinated. Lest you think I'm making this all up, just this morning, the word got out that Israel is planning a fourth injection for its residents. And despite Fauci saying that three injections should be considered the norm here in the U.S., that's just a moment in time. In another four or five months, Fauci will come out and say that four injections is the norm. And then four or five months down the road, yeah, you see where this is going. Because the vaccine protection is only temporary, where the prior infection immunity protection is long-lasting we know from prior experience the expectation
expectation is that the memory T cells will protect people from SARS-CoV-2 very, very likely for decades, which is a hell of a lot different than four to six months. I think it's important to state that those who have prior infection immunity to alpha, the original version of SARS-CoV-2, are not being reinfected with Delta. The latest number on people who've been infected with some various variant of SARS-CoV-2 in the past and who have prior infection immunity and have not been vaccinated, the latest number is one-tenth of one percent, which is statistically insignificant. Now, there are other estimates that are far, far better than one-tenth of one percent. I'm just using today the worst example, one-tenth of one percent, which is still amazingly wonderful. And the point of sharing that piece of information with you is to make the point that infections are not being driven by people with prior infection immunity, because if you can't get infected, you can't infect others. Also, to make the point that people with prior infection immunity are not at all, not even a little bit, driving the surge in hospitalizations. As I've said before, people with prior infection immunity are essentially off the SARS-CoV-2 event playing field. They are no longer players on the field. The people remaining on the field, interestingly, are the vaccinated and the small percentage of people who do not have prior infection immunity nor are vaccinated. So what happens when a person who's been vaccinated then becomes infected by contacting the wild virus? Pfizer started injecting people with it during its phase one trials with its mRNA vaccine on May 4th, 2020. That was when the first person, the first participant in the phase one of the trials got the jab. In other words, people have been getting this jab now for 16 months. And guess what? 16 months into this, we, the public, still don't know whether that reinfection from the wild virus activates the body's produ production of memory T cells. Now, if that sounds like something really, really important, and it sounds truly bizarre that 16 months after the first people started getting injections, we still don't have the answer to that question, you would be right. And in fact, because that question is so incredibly critical, I'm absolutely certain that the big pharmaceutical companies and government health agencies have that data. Not only would it be grossly professionally irresponsible and incompetent not to get that information, but getting that data is super, super simple and easy. So I'm confident they have. So what possibly could be the reason that here in September of 2021, they're not sharing that with us. I mean, if it was good news, I imagine they would want us to know. Leaving aside that the United States government has allowed Big Pharma to put vaccinated people in the position where they will require a jab every four to six months, possibly for the rest of their lives, leaving that aside, why do I think this, is, this new paradigm shift will be handled atrociously here in the United States? In order to understand my perspective, you have to know what I know, which is Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky have lied their asses off repeatedly to the American people concerning SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines. I have made numerous videos over time in which I have held up the data. Here's what the data shows. And then I have shared the comments of Walensky or Fauci, which have been in complete and utter conflict 
with what the data shows. Now, both Walensky and Fauci, they have armies of scientists and researchers available to them just for snapping their fingers. So if they're saying things to the public that utterly contradict what the data shows, yeah, they intend to lie. In previous presentations, I've discussed that the CDC, the National Institutes of Health, and Big Pharma have been withholding data, and I've discussed it here in this video. They've been withholding data that I'm 100% confident they possess. And not just trivial data, really critical data. So we take all this critical data that they've been withholding, now we combine that with no more statistics concerning public testing because there won't be any public testing anymore. And that leaves one thing, and one thing only, to obsess and focus about for the government and the media, and then they're going to put that on the American people. And that one thing is vaccination. Within this new paradigm, there will be three groups. I'm going to call them number one. Those people with prior infection immunity who, as I said before, they're off the table. They are no longer part of the SARS-CoV-2 event. The second category, people who've been vaccinated and they can still uh, become infected. They can still transmit the virus and cause others to be infected. But the vaccinated will have less severe symptoms and their mortality rate will be lower. At least if they continue getting a jab every four to six months for the rest of their life, or until the SARS-CoV-2 virus miraculously disappears from the face of the earth. Category number three is going to be people who do not have prior infection immunity and have not been vaccinated, which is a small group now and is getting smaller every day. As an aside, let me mention that under this new paradigm where the <clears throat> experts are saying that every single person on the planet is going to get infected with SARS-CoV-2, if that's true, that every single person is going to get infected, no matter what is done, then that would dictate no more mask mandates, no more requirement to be vaccinated or wear a mask, to get on a plane and fly someplace or attend an entertainment venue. In fact, the obvious implication of everyone's going to get infected no matter what we do is no more government or industry mandates, orders, or restrictions of any kind. Concerning group number three, those that do not have prior infection immunity and are not vaccinated, uh, in a rational world, people would simply say, okay, um, first of all, they're 15% or less of the U.S. population as things stand now. That's an estimate. Because of CDC's failure to disclose certain key pieces of data, we can't know that for sure, but it's about 15%. And what we do know for an absolute fact is it's getting smaller each and every day. But in a rational world, it would be up to those people to decide whether they wanted to get vaccinated because vaccinated people are still getting infected and infecting others. So non-vaccinated people who do not have prior infection, I mean, it would be up to them whether or not to get vaccinated, which would translate into their assessment of how ill, severely ill, not severely ill, they would get if they ended up with COVID-19. But that's not how the establishment sees it, nor it's sycophants in the media, nor it's sycophants in the public. What the establishment wants, and therefore a large percentage of the media and a <clears throat> disappointingly large percentage of the, Amer the American people, is to simply, blindly, without logical reason, demand that everybody get vaccinated. And I'm a perfect example of the kind of person that pisses them off. I had a memory T-cell test, I guess, about four weeks ago, as I'm sharing this with you today. Um, I did a video on it, and I'll post the link in the show notes. 
I came up positive for the memory T cells. So at some point in the last 19 months, I was infected with SARS-CoV-2. I wasn't a sick, sick a day in my life, but I have it. So I have prior infection immunity that is exponentially better, stronger, and longer lasting than anything that is produced by the vaccine. But yet, there's a sizable percentage of the public that would point at me and scream, you need to get vaccinated because, well, we say so. I mentioned Fauci and Walensky and their lies a moment ago uh, on the issue of the fact that prior infection immunity is dramatically better than anything offered by the vaccine. Fauci and Walensky have remained completely silent on that, as they have remained completely silent about the lack of memory T cells generated from the vaccine. So, again, remaining silent on critical issues, that should pretty much tell you what their intentions are. The word that comes to mind for me is dishonorable. Remember a few minutes ago I mentioned that big pharma and government health agencies like the CDC and NIH are certainly aware of critical facts 16 months after the first people started getting injected with the mRNA vaccine, and yet they haven't shared it with the American people. Now I want to share with you another question that falls into that exact same category. They almost certainly know the results. They certainly know what the answers are to the questions we might be asking, but 16 months later, they still aren't telling us. And this particular issue is, again, just like the, one, the rest of the ones we've discussed, very critical for the decision-making process of the American people. And that issue is, if a person, myself as an example, who has prior infection immunity, which is awesome, wonderful, nearly virtually bulletproof, far better than can be had from the vaccines, but that person doesn't know. Maybe they didn't do what I did. They didn't go out and get a memory T cell test. They just simply said, well, I was never sick, so I must have not had it. But then they go out and they get vaccinated. But in reality, they had been infected, and they did have memory T cells from that prior infection. When they get vaccinated, is there anything about the mRNA vaccine that disables their existing prior infection memory T cells? 16 months down the road, we still don't know. Absolutely confident CDC knows. Absolutely confident that Pfizer and Moderna know. Absolutely confident that NIH knows. Just the American people don't know. Not only is this essential, critical information that all of us should want, but it's super, super easy for Big Pharma, CDC, and NIH to come up with the answers. And because it is so easy, I'm 1,000% confident they've already done it. Then you have to ask, why are they withholding the information from us? I imagine if it was good news, they'd be happy to share it. The United States government has never looked at the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak as anything other than an opportunity for a real-world test of the mRNA vaccine technology. Because of that, this new paradigm, this shift, which on the one hand I think is completely reasonable to address, uh, to make the best of a bad situation as I've described, I don't think the U.S. government will allow it to be used in that proper, rational, logical, and beneficial way. I can't imagine that the U.S. government will proceed in any other manner than it has proceeded since day one, which is to lie to and intimidate and manipulate the American people in the interest of the mRNA vaccines. And with all other public data disappearing, as I said, there'll be one thing for government, media, 
and the covidiots in society to focus on, and that is trying to force every single person in America to get vaccinated, even with the United States government and Big Pharma concealing data that getting vaccinated may be detrimental to almost 200 million people in America with prior infection immunity. If you appreciate this sort of breakdown and analysis, do us both a favor. Go to drreality.news. Grab yourself a copy of Body Science or Income Tax Shattering the Mist. Uh, They will be, one or both of them, will be the most intriguing, fascinating books you have ever read. You have my word on that. And in doing so, not only will you get the fantastic information that's in those books, but you help me to remain here to provide this sort of information to you. Thanks for being here.